Ketzerayim Tov, we continue in the Sefer Das Hasviros, and we begin the top sphero called Keser, the crown, and we talked about the infinite nature of uh, this desire to give. We talked about how the 13 attributes of mercy come from that, and it's something that is beyond understanding, also the source of goodwill and redemption. And now we're going to start applying it in a, a real way. You have to remember, we mentioned that there's always, when we're talking about God revealing himself, or a human being revealing himself, we said there's two aspects, the sphera and the parts of. Sphera is the measured unit of whatever it is, and the parts of is the face, the level of reality in which it manifests itself. So the sphera is the raw energy and revelation, but that will reveal itself on different planes of existence in different ways. So that's the way it is with each one of the spheros, each one of the ent revelations, it's all revelations of Hashem. So it will reveal itself in a sphera, that's the raw, and the parts of in the area in which it reveals itself. So that's the same thing with Keser. We have the Sphera of Keser, the Sphera of the Crown, what that actually is in raw um, revelation, and the parts of in which Keser is most applicable. The, and we'll see how this all fits in as we go through all the parts of and we'll see how this all fits in. So. And as we said, the parts of is how the conduct of the Kesser manifests itself in real action. And we said that the highest parts of, anybody remember what that's called? Erich Amtin, Arich Amtin, the long face. The long face is complete chesed, complete, unadulterated, a tremendous amount beyond what we can imagine. And it's called Arich long, because just like it says, there's a pasuk that says, Orech Hashem should add to you length of days and years of life. Orech yamim, lengths of days, really does not include years of life. So Ramchal says, that's all referring to this parts of this face of the long face that has a lot of quantity and quality of life. So you could have you could have a great quantity of life could be rotten. Some people get older, you live to 120, the quality stinks for some people. And so Arach Ampi means the quality is amazing. The the giving, the flow, the benevolence is beyond. Okay, so now we've put together this is the idea, the the parts of, of Kesir is Arach Ampi, complete, complete flow in that realm of Arachampim. And now the Arizal tells us, so there's three types of conduct of Kesir in this part. And you'll see how they're all gonna connect together. So then he, he discussed a little bit how you have three areas of the brain. You have the right lobe, the left lobe, the brain stem, that's like an allegory uh, to the idea of the three, so to speak, areas of the brain, the highest level, that's part of the Kesser, which is in the, in the long face. So the main thing is to know these three aspects of Kesser. 
we're not going to get too much in how Hashem reveals it, but in terms of how we reveal it. And this is where we're going to go to the deepest part of the person, the part of the person the person is totally not aware of. And your life's journey is to get to that place. That's what it's about. And many people just don't live with it, even knowing that they have that a, a, a possibility. So he's going to call three types of keser for this. One is called keser ratzon, the crown of desire. One is called keser onik, the crown of delight. And one is called keser emuna, the crown of faith. And the Vilna Gon says that these tr- types of keser refers to three other crowns that the Mishnah Perkyavu says, the crown of priesthood, the crown of kingship, and the crown of Torah. Maybe later we'll try to put together which one they are. But what are these three in a real way, how we how we can express them? Now certainly, when we're talking about Hashem, Keser Ratzon is God's desire to give unlimited good to us. And, so to speak, that has a Keser Oneg, that is an unlimited pleasure that God has vis-a-vis our relationship with us, because God is not a being who seeks pleasure. But in, in terms of the relationship that he's created, that he wants to give us unlimited, and that will give him unlimited pleasure. And then we have the Keser Emuna, where God has unlimited faith in us. And that's why when we say Moda'ani every morning, Moda'ani lifanecha, so wonderful. Thank you, God, for restoring my soul. What's the last two words? Rabba munasecha. Great is your faithfulness. What does that mean? We say, I thank you for restoring my soul with great mercy. What's Rabba munasecha? Great is your, <laughs> is your faithfulness. But what? It's, uh, we could be sure you're going to do it every day. That's not your faithfulness, it's our faithfulness. So this is where I'm right. It's, listen, not all of us had such a good day yesterday. Not every one of us served God in the best way possible. We go to bed, we give him our soul. A guy could say, why should I bother giving it back to you? I should I, why should I freshen it up, give you the rest, and you can start a whole new day to go and not listen to me again? But what happens? No, you wake up refreshed. Your soul is back. You know why? Because you have great faithfulness in us. You have unlimited faith in us. It's not like, okay, I trusted you for 60 years and you didn't do much. 60 times 365, you figure out the math. I said, keep doing this. You know what? I still have, have unlimited faith in the Jewish people. You have unlimited desire to give us, unlimited joy when he's able to give, and he has unlimited faithfulness in us. That's how God, now that is on a level that's way beyond what we can understand. And we, we, we can't live in that reality. Regular people can't do that. But that is, and that's coming from that face of Orach Amkin, the long face. That's the way Hashem would love to behave with us all the time. But fortunately, it doesn't always work out that way. When Mashiach comes, that will be an amazing time. But what we're more interested is we're in the image of God, so we also have a Kesser. We also have this great desire and, and this unmitigated will. And it also is divided up in three ways. 
we've got the Kesser of Ratzal, the Kesser of Desire, the Kesser of Oneg, the Kesser of Pleasure, and the Kesser of Amun. So that's what we have to talk about to realize that this, all of these are about is to realize what is in our, our, our spiritual arsenal that can be used and how certain behaviors that we see can now be explainable, positive or negative, as we shall see. Okay, so we all have our own, and that's going to relate to when we talk about the levels of soul, if you recall. So the highest level of soul is Yechida. And that goes together. We've got the Yechida is our highest level of soul. That parallels the Sphira of Keser and also the face of Arachampin. It all goes across. Only way. And if we got into the worlds of existence, we have another connection, but that's too much for now. We just want to understand in terms of, so this area of Keser will be relating to our highest level of existence. A great tzaddik can relate to that more often than us, but doesn't mean to say we don't have it, and I'll show you at times Jews bring it out. And that's very important to know. So let's just explain this idea simply. So what does it mean that we have this keser ratzel, this crown of desire? Well, in our lives, mincha of Shabbos is called rava de ravin, the desires of desires. And certainly, when we, when is our best opportunity to catch on to that desire? Is that time? Because you've been away from the world for twenty-four hours. And all the Mishigasim are gone. So there's a chance for you to really get in touch to your highest levels. And at Mincha time, uh, what do we say right at the beginning? And I, my prayers to Hashem, at a time of desire. It's a time of desire. And, but let's fall, so that we understand we can come to that idea. And Shalashur is a good time to do that. Not everybody gets there because we're not spending 24 hours of Shabbos the way we should, but it's possible. So you can find a person that has a lot of desires. If I would say, what are your wants in life? If I gave you as an exercise, tell me all your wants in life. How many would you write down? Well, I wanna, I wanna have a good lunch. <laughs> I wanna have a good friend. I wanna have a good business. I want to catch the bus, be on time. It's a lot of wants. We could list a whole bunch of wants. I want to learn Torah, right? But that's not the root desire. Those are expressions of the root desire in many different desires. But the question is, we're talking about the root of it all. What is the real root of a person in general is the desire to live. You may not think about it. It might be in your subconscious. But really, everything you really want, in one way, now you can have a corrupt idea of what living means. No question about it. You can have a correct idea of what living means. But the source, the deepest desire of every human being who's normal is they want to live. And therefore, at different times, there's different times of desires. In the morning, you're hungry, I want to eat, because I know I'm going to die. If you're spiritual, you realize, I, I can't live spiritually without talking to God. At the end of the day, if you want to live, you got to go to sleep. I want to go to sleep. 
all these different things that you want. And uh, physical or spiritual, but they all come from that root is to be alive. To be alive, to feel a sense of, of life. And therefore, uh, even our soul, the, the verse said, this missile Sharon brings the buses, and the soul is never satisfied. What does that mean? The soul is never satisfied with physical pleasures because it wants something much more than that. And the Chavetz Chaim writes, for example, he says, the Torah is our spiritual sustenance. Just like a body needs bread, and you're going to use all your effort to find money to buy bread so you don't starve, so to a spiritually um, uh, uh, um, conscious person will understand that to live, he's got to do what he can to learn Torah and do mitzvahs. So it's not just a question of a spiritual thing being life. It's not a question of physical. There's life on all ends. And certainly, what will be now if a really a person is very sophisticated? What's going to be his greatest desire? <coughs> As the Mishnah Pirkei says, is so no, his will is to do is to do your will. For my only will that is the ultimate thing and therefore he only wants to do what God tells him to do and therefore he totally nullifies himself to Hashem and that Mesut Sharm calls that person a chassid which in English translates as pious but what is a chassid really he goes beyond what Hashem commands him to do just like a child who will do more than what a parent asks him to do. In other words, a lot of times we do what we're told to do. Why? Because it makes sense pra pragmatically. If you do what God tells you to do, it's gonna work out. So you could say, I wanna do what God wants me to do, but how are we gonna know if that's really true? It's when he said, well, I did what God said, it's enough, I can stop. We could figure out, I'm sure there's much more that God wants me to do, but he just hasn't told me. And as I've given the analogy many times, you ask two sons to get you a glass of water. One child gets you the glass of water. The other one comes 10 minutes later with an espresso. Whatever, with all the bells and whistles. You say, what's this? I don't ask you for a glass of water. So I know you asked for a glass of water, but I know what you really want. You really like espressos. I know that. But you don't want to bother me. But my greatest uh, pleasure in life is to do your will. And you don't have to always order me around, and I don't feel I have to get away with the least amount. Now that's a real deep desire. And that is hitting the top of desires. A lot of times, yeah, I desire to what God says because I know he'll reward me. Well, that, that's one level of desire. But what's the deepest, deepest? When you talk about a Jew at his core, and many Jews don't even realize this. Their deepest desire is to only do what Hashem wants. And I don't have any independent reality. My greatest desire is to do what Hashem wants. And when do you see that in reality? There's something that we do only once in our lives at most. And what's that? Willing to die for God. Jews throughout history, when they were put with the choice between giving up their religion or dying for God, they're willing to give up their life itself for Hashem because that is the greatest desire 
is give everything I have to Hashem, and now he is totally connected, and he go he that desire even overcomes the desire to live, which is so great. But there's a desire that's even deeper than that to come to that truest root of reality. <coughs> we'll see more about this. Uh, not it's not the only way to do it. But we'll see shortly another point to this. But that is ultimately the greatest uh, moment in a person's life. Now, once you understand, so that is deep inside of every one of us. How often do we feel that? You know, but how about, the Balatani explains, how do you have that in certain situations, there were, in history, there were Jews who weren't such good Jews. They weren't, it was a thief, it was this, a trade. But even that lowly Jew, if he is told to make a choice between giving up his religion and death, he'll still die. Why? Because at that point, that part of his soul has been illuminated. Now, he doesn't think about it, but if now that he knows, he knows, he knows he's a criminal. He knows Hashem doesn't want to do it, but he never feels that that's a betrayal of Hashem. I mean, I got a Yetzirah. What do you want from me? I like to have it good. You didn't make me smart. I failed in university. And I have big tithes and big laws. So if I still could be a lot of money. I don't think any God is really proud of it. But those are realities. But, the, you know, so, Hashem, I know you don't like it. But to give up the religion, that means it's a total betrayal of Hashem. So that, that much of a bum I'm not. And when does that come out? When you're pushed into that situation. Now that part of the deepest rotson of his kesser has come out. And therefore, he'll happily give up his life to Kaddish Baruch. Now, of course, we, we, that just shows you it's possible. Now, we're going to show you in a minute, you don't have to die for this. Either. So now we go to the next rotson, uh, next level of the kesser. So that's the kesser. That's the greatest desire, infinite desire. Beyond it, he can't explain. Can you explain why this, this, the Russian Jew gave up his life? It doesn't make any sense. <coughs> it doesn't have to make sense. It's coming from a place that's before intellect. Because remember, after Kessler, is going to come Chachma, Bina, Das, different levels of intellect. There's nothing with thinking. That's it. That's innate in a Jew, is he's connected to God. Finished. Now, he has to become aware of that. Oh, that's the problem. But if he's aware of it, then that's the only thing he wants. Now, the Vilna Gon says, the next thing we call the keser of oneg, of pleasure and delight. And that pleasure only comes with connecting to this highest level of desire. And then for when does the real understanding of oneg, oneg means pleasure and delight, happens when a person fulfills his deepest desire. When you have that which is my deepest desire and I'm really struggling, if I achieve my deepest desires, then you'll have the deepest pleasure that you could never imagine you could have. On a simple level, let's say a person really wants to meet a certain sonic. I'm sure some of you would like to meet a real goggle. You'd like to really have a chance to schmooze with a great sonic for an hour without waiting in line for 10 hours and getting six seconds for a breath and out you go. I think many of us, I wish I could I could have sat with Lubavitcher Rebbe for three hours. 
Now, if that's what you really want, guess what happens when you get that opportunity? That is the greatest pleasure you could have. Because my ultimate desire has been achieved. So it goes hand in hand. And therefore, um, you want to reach that pinnacle. So similarly, if you get to that point where you mamish, you're fulfilling that desire to do the will of Hashem, the deepest will of Hashem, that's the greatest desire you could have. Okay. And this explains the very fascinating story with the Graf Potatsky. This was the famous convert Avram ben Avram in Vilna who came from a prestigious uh, Catholic family and he became a Balchuba. And the whole Catholic church had a bounty on his head. It was a big story. He hid for a long time. He became very observant. He's called Avram ben Avram. Anyway, finally he was caught. And now either you're going to convert or that's it. Now the Vilna Gaon lived at that time. Now the Vilna Gaon was a miracle worker. Vilna Gaon sends a private message under the radar. He says, if you want, I could pull out my Kabbalah and you could be freed. However he could do it. Maybe he turned invisible, whatever. I could free you. And he said he could do it. He didn't agree to it. He says, the joy of me giving up my life to Hashem, I've reached that point of life. He says, that's all I really want to do. Now, we don't suggest suicide, that's for sure. But if the Christians have you, and they're going to put you to the choice, he says, I want to have that ability to do that. And you can do miracles, get me out of that. But here's my chance. This is what my life is all about. And that's why Rabbi Akiva, same thing. 120 years, they're flaying his flesh. He is saying, the Shema, there's no saying, what's going on? I said, my whole life I've been waiting for this. Again, I have to emphasize, we don't believe in suicide. But if if you have to die, this is the best way to die. Because you're dying, mamish bound with Hashem. And as he said, the last word, Shema Yisrael Hashem, will get Hashem Achad. His soul left with the Achad. And he felt that total bonding with Hashem. So this is where the Keser of Pleasure combines with the pleasure, the kesser of desire. And the Rambam writes this very interestingly. The Rambam in the laws of Talmud Torah says, even though it's a mitzvah to learn day and night, a person learns most of his wisdom at night. You know why? Less distractions. Daytime you gotta work. Daytime people call you. Now obviously the Rambam wrote this before electricity was invented. So I don't know anymore. There's certain cities that are called the city that never sleeps. So, but still, you usually don't get any phones on your home line after 11 o'clock at night. So, you know, not to make it bother you at night. And now the Ram says the phone. Therefore, he says, Mi shorotzo HaTorah. The one who wants to merit the crown of Torah. Should be, hair, should be careful to learn every night. Okay? Not to skip one, and not to skip it because he's so tired or he's eating too much or schmoozing too much. Doesn't mean to say you can't eat at night. But you, every night you have to learn. Now, it says the Rabbim says he wants to merit the crown of Torah. Why didn't you just say he wants to merit to be a scholar? 
Why are you a scholar? That's what he said, no, the crown of Torah. Why is he emphasizing the crown? Because the whole crown means that you have, it's your delight, and you're so thrilled from that. And you're totally nullified. It's like the most important thing in your life. Lahavdal, lahavdal. We should never compare the two. But what what do some people do? They really love the maple leaves. Nothing will stop them. They drove down to Florida. I'm sure their people drove down to Florida. They don't have any stock in the maple leaves. They drove down. Why? Because it's their greatest delight. Unfortunately, it's turned into great disappointment for them. But 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 that's the idea. The kesser means it, you have to. It has to be a real pleasure. If you have that Kesser Torah, Kesser doesn't mean a crown of Torah. It means you got this crown of, this is my Ratzon, this is my desire, this is my pleasure. And if you want to have that now, learning Torah is my greatest desire, my greatest pleasure, it means you got to not skip. Because if you're skipping, it's obviously not your greatest thing. Now, people are looking, you know, and, and you know everyone can know for themselves, what is your greatest desire? Well, is to be in the loop. That's why everyone has to check their cell phone every minute. Every minute, what for? Well, I don't know why, but there's some great desire to know. And if you find out two hours later, no, I don't know what the logic for that is. But anyway, but that's the idea of these two crowns. Now, with this, we can now understand a very bizarre and unhealthy behavior that we find in the world. And what is this? People willing, they just had this, this in one of the newspapers, a famous doctor died on Mount Everest. I think it was last week. I, I think it wasn't that famous because I didn't know who he was, but I'm sure yeah. a lot of people knew who he was. No. What? I didn't know who he was. You know who he was? Even you didn't know. Okay. <laughs> but it must have been a big guy if it's in the paper. He died on Mount Everest. Let me ask a simple question. What in the world was he doing there? He had a desire to climb Mount Everest. Uh, now, now, why? This become, now, in other words, everything has to be dictated by spiritual rules, whether the person uh, um, understands it or not. Now, let's say, what does what is Mount Climbing Everest mean? Meaning you have a good chance to die. So let me ask you a question. Why would a sane person want to do something where there's a good... At the end of the day, do you get $10 million for it? I can understand why, you know, if, you get 10, if I give you $10 million to comp my Everest, you might do it because you don't care about money. You care about the $10 million. People risk much more for less money. If I told you, but everyone who comps my Everest, they don't get anything for it as far as I know. They pay for it. They pay for the right. So now, why do they, So what's the word they use? There's one word they use. I do it for the thrill. I'm going to ask you, what's the thrill? <laughs> like, explain it to me. So the answer is, by putting yourself in a place of real danger, what are you bringing out and identifying and touching more than anything else? The desire to live. Only when you're that close to dying and you're fighting to survive and you do, then you're tasting the greatest desire you have and that is to live. And you feel this great pleasure. 
that you can identify and feel inside the desire to live. But I can't feel that if until I'm putting myself in where I'm almost dead. Now, why do they have to do that? Because when they wake up in the morning, they don't say, they don't say, um, I thank Hashem that I'm alive. Because they're not living. They don't feel this great thrill of life. Why not? Because there's no spirituality to that. Same old, same old, same old. So they don't really have real pleasure. So only when they put themselves in great danger, and now they really feel this desire to live, and they succeed, and we said the deepest desire is to live, and the deepest pleasure is realizing your deepest desires. So therefore, the greatest pleasure will be to be alive. And when they do that, it'll last for a while. Then you gotta try something else. Any of these things fall into this. That is why it make a very interesting observation. Now, this is, so people who do this, generally speaking, are people of empty souls, not touching themselves. You notice a very fascinating point. There is, there is an English word called adventure. There is no word in the biblical Hebrew language, in the Yiddish language, and the Ladino language, which were the three most commonly used languages of the Jews. There's no such word for adventure. Why? Because it doesn't exist. It's a machination of a very not healthy person. Now, you tell me an English translation of adventure, please. Whatever. I, you know, you could be wrong. I don't care. What would you say? I'm going on an adventure. The Adventures of Indiana Jones. Right? Would you call that? Would it list these as movies? There's certain movies that are called adventures, right? What does it mean to to go on an adventure. Experience something you've never experienced before? Yeah, but it's got to be more. It's got to be something with danger. Well, the first time I went to Mexico, I thought it was an adventure. Was Why? Adventure. Why? Because I was going to a place I had never seen. So, so okay, good. So, so what's so pleasurable about that? You may be probably never thought about it, but everybody else was going to Mexico, so you go to Mexico too. But there's an idea of a lack of security. You go to certain places, you know, if you're in trouble, you don't know anybody to help you. If Chas Vashal, she never happened, person gets a heart attack in Mexico, they're in bad shape. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to a place where I'm totally unprotected. You know, now. You know, when you get older, right, you only go to Florida if you're going to take insurance, right? You don't want that much adventure, right? So, but, but you know, certain things are adventures. And most people say, what do I want an adventure for? Now, the only reason you want it is because there's something missing in your life. I'm not saying a, 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 it's saying a vacation and an adventure. So I don't know if really you went on an adventure. I mean, a real adventure is like, I would say, like, um, what do you call it? Kayaking on the Colorado River. Now, what happens when you kayak on the... A lot of people do that, right? Now, would you call that entertainment or adventure? 
Okay, come on, be honest. Laying on a beach in Mexico, I would not call it an adventure. <laughs> I call it vacation. Yeah. But a lot of people don't want that for a vacation. That's not that's boring. Yeah, kind of action. Adventure. Now, if you go if you go on the Colorado River and you make one or two mistakes, your head gets cracked on the rocks. And it's wow, what a thrill. Going on an amusement park ride. <laughs> we almost died. You know, they get off the I almost died. You want to go again? Yeah, why? <laughs> because there's this great thrill of almost being dead, and now it's called life affirmation. Unfortunately, those are sick people. What do you need to do that for? Do something. Have a deeper desire for what your life is all about. And therefore, it's misguided. And instead of connecting to Hashem, which is a real adventure, but not an adventure. It's it's the deepest desire of what you want and the deepest affirmation of life without having to do adventure. Okay, we did two out of the three. We still have the third one, which is the Kesser of Emuna, the Kesser of faith. And how a Jewish person can connect with that idea. We'll continue that tomorrow, Amir Tzashem. Okay, Shkaya. Okay, take care.